Yeah, I'm a big horror movie fan. I'm a, I'm looking forward to the new Halloween that's coming out. Well, actually, this week in a couple of days, as a matter of fact, it's coming out. I'm a big Halloween fan. Oh, nice. So I was supposed to play like Jamie Lee Curtis as, you know, the grandma, um, Lori Splode. <laughs> and she was, this movie was, it was like. <laughs> wow, Lori Splode. Expl- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to get to fuck Michael Myers. I mean, why would you not want to go ahead and do that? I mean, that's just a piece of land. Taboo. Taboo yeah. shit. You get the brother and sister thing. You get the, uh, you know, horror yeah. parody and you get the granny thing. It's everything's there. Wow. The following podcast is a Carolina Boys production. Welcome back, everyone, to Crime and Entertainment. I'm your host, Hollywood Wade, and we hope everyone enjoyed Vic Ferrari's last week. His episode, 20-year veteran of the NYPD, had some amazing stories. But this week, we've got some more amazing stories with Sally Mullen. Sally is a comedian, also an adult film star. Got into the business very late, but she definitely has her niche. Got her own podcast as well. You guys can go follow that. Very, very funny lady. I'm not going to bullshit any today. I'm going to get right into the episode here with the ultra talented, extremely funny Sally Mullins here on Crime and Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Crime and Entertainment. Now, we have here today a mix that we haven't quite had on this show. We've had a few adult film stars and we've had a few comedians, but never one that done both. So please <laughs> welcome to the show, Sally Mullins. Sally, how you doing? I'm good. I'm so happy to be your first hybrid. <laughs> yes, that would that's definitely the uh the way to put it there. First hybrid. Um so tell us a little bit like you obviously that's a a very cross path, you know, career you have, but before you got into any of these, just kind of give us a little insight on who you are. Who is Sally Mullins? Hmm, good question. Well, I was born in England. I moved to Florida when I was nine years old. That might explain a lot about the career choices. I grew up in Florida. I went to college in Florida. I moved to L.A. in my late 20s, and I started comedy by the time I was 30, and I'm 54 now, so I've had a long, you know, long career in comedy. All right. Now, what? And I know you've actually hosted a comedy store out in California a couple of times, right? Oh, my God. I've been hosting the comedy store for ages, but we just got back there post pandemic. But I host a show called D's Nuts. Yeah. And yeah, I work for a guy called Vargas Mason, and it's one of the longest running showcases there. And yeah, I've I'm just ready to go back like we just started. And I think our official night back in the original room is going to be Friday the 21st. So I'm excited okay. and nervous, you know, and that's well, <laughs> o- October 21st. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. yep, you got it. All right, cool. Now, what what town is that? I've actually never been to California. What town is that comedy story? Oh, um, well, I mean, it's either Hollywood or Los Angeles. I think it's technically Los Angeles. It's sort of like the Beverly Hills border. Okay, and it's on Sunset Boulevard. All right. I'm actually going out there the first of November uh, to a, oh, cool. uh, there's a film festival thing they have on the third of November. Of somebody that I've actually had on the show has got a film that's going out there. It's uh. It's in uh, Santa Monica at AMC. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's a big film festival. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have fun. Yeah. The comedy store is like a little bit more inland than that. But where where are you staying? You're going to have a blast. Yeah. I, I hadn't even booked a room yet. I just found out last week I was going. Okay. Well, the first place I ever stayed was sort of Santa Monica adjacent when I moved out to California, like 96. And that was the travel lodge on Pico. And it was pretty fun and affordable. And it had like a kitchen in there, you know, but if you have a friend, I mean, you'll probably just stay with your friend, you know? Well, he he might have a lot going on. I don't even know how much he'll be probably in his room because it's his movie. He actually got it. He's been working on it for quite a while. But it got shot. He's got some pretty big name actors in it too. And then they're having like a after party afterwards. And he invited me up there to come to that. So I was like, I'll probably doubt I'll ever get an opportunity like that again. So I might as well jump on it. You're going to have a really good time. 
If you want to come to the comedy store, I'm there every Friday night. I've I, I come to L.A. like once a week because I just moved to the desert. I know that's weird, but I live two hours and 45 minutes outside of L.A. right now. But I wanted to own a home and I have a lot of pets, a lot of pets, a lot of big animal lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all animals are great, but, you know, like cats and dogs. I have a lot of cats and dogs. Yeah. I'm not so much a cat person myself, but I do love dogs. I have a husky. Oh, hey. Uh, oh, toxic masculinity husky, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to give cats a chance unless your husky's got issues with them, you know? Yeah, well, he actually does. He has okay. issues with cats and male dogs. Like other male dogs, he does not get along. As long as it's female, he's okay. But like, I guess he's very heterosexual. I guess. Yeah, he's like straight. He's kind of homophobic, but yeah, I get he's it. A homophobic, you know, he, uh, I got a psycho dog too. I got a psycho dog that, like, my ex in and out of jail. You know, I had to end up rescuing, and he's a German Shepherd. And you know, when you have like a psycho little dog, like a crazy Chihuahua, that's no big deal. But when you have like a sixty, sixty-five pounder who's got issues with other dogs or men or something. It's pretty scary. Yeah, no, no doubt. So what, uh, what kind of prompted you to first get into comedy? Like, uh, was it just kind of a passion? You say a lot of people that I've talked with see like a special, be it, you know, a Eddie Murphy or red Fox or something, something that just kind of kicks them into gear. And that's what they want to, you know, do what kind of prompted you to go into comedy? Well, none of those things, although those things are all really cool. I wish I would have experienced more comedy when I was growing up. I was always really into acting. I wanted to continue performing, but I didn't really want to rehearse or deal with a lot of people or audition. And I had always been like funny with my friends and really weird, dark sense of humor. And I love to write. So I found an ad in the LA Weekly when I first moved to LA. And it was a free comedy class with a guy called Greg Dean. And I went and I audited his class and I got to go up. And at the time, there weren't that many women in comedy. I mean, we're talking like 25 years ago. And I said, oh, wow, you know, all these guys laughing at me. This is really fun. And I was hooked like right away. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah that, that's probably pretty true. Because like looking back, I don't remember like a ton of women in comedy. Obviously now, you know, they're more prevalent. But like back in the day. I only, and I don't even, I'm not even going back as far as like Richard Pryor, but when I really started getting into comedy, like Lisa Lampanelli was one of the first ones that I remember that was mm -hmm. like, could really hold her own with all the guys, you know, it was just very raunchy. I used to love when she would be on those celebrity roasts. Oh, she's hilarious. And I mean, like the reality is, it's just not as many women do it. So that's why you don't get to see as many women who can, you know, hold their own. It's like if there was something that women were more traditionally, uh, you know, thrown into like home ec or whatever, like most guys aren't going to be as good because there's not as many guys representing but they'd all be better than me at home, Mac. Let me tell you that. Oh, my God. Thank God for, for porn. <laughs> <laughs> now, when did the porn come into play? When did that happen? Well, pretty soon, as soon as I started getting really broke from comedy, also <laughs> in the back of the LA Weekly, there was an ad for like a fetish dungeon. And I wanted to be a stripper, but I can't dance. And... I didn't have the the right looks to be a stripper in L.A. I felt I would go around the strip clubs and I'd be like, wow, you know, that chick can really dance like these girls look like what I figure Vegas showgirls look like. And they're in the strip clubs. I mean, I'm from Florida and I would go to strip clubs there and it would be like some chick drunk hanging on a pole, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't like that in L.A. Like they were amazing dancers. And I was very intimidated. And then I saw an ad for this fetish dungeon where, you know, you're going to get tied up. You're... And I asked the guy on the phone, I said, like, do I have to dance? And he was, no, like, you'll be you'll be spanked. You'll be flogged. You'll be in bondage. You don't have to dance. Yeah. And I, I kicked it in <laughs> high gear. Cash. <laughs> Cash. Cash payout. <laughs> Cash payout will do it. That'll get it, get you into a lot of things. 
Well, I was working as a teacher and there was just a lot of red tape, red tape. I was trying to like do more comedy. Were you still doing the teacher when you were doing the, the dominatrix stuff? I, I transitioned out of teaching to do the domination, but here's what's weird. Sometimes some of my ex-students, because I was teaching adults, oh. some of my ex-students would show up at the bondage dungeon and they'd be like, oh, teacher, <laughs> you know? Wow. That's, that was going to be my next question. Did you run into anybody? Because I always think of like, uh, what was that movie? A Varsity Blues, where all the football players go out to like the strip club and then they see their was a math teacher or whatever in there. Wow. She was working out her fantasies or maybe teaching, not paying enough. I didn't see that movie, but that that's kind of hot. You know, I I want to see it now. Yeah, it was, it was hot. Cause they like, they always, I guess kind of had a crush on her throughout the movie. And then they go in there and they're all like partying before like a big game. And then she comes out on the stage and they're like, Holy shit. That's I forgot her name. Miss Davis or, whatever it was, but they stayed in there to like daylight and then they go out and then they play like shit in that game. Cause they were up all night and they're partying. Oh, <laughs> Miss Davis gets to spank them. <laughs> so who played Miss Davis. I don't have remember, to check her, out the I don't remember her name. She wasn't like a, a huge <laughs> actor, but she was very attractive. Yeah, that yeah. helps. That's so weird because I've just been watching uh, this Mary Kay Letourneau documentary, you know, about that teacher, like the first teacher yeah. to hook up with her student. And yeah, that's very much uh, the theme this week, I guess, in my in my trashy life anyway. Oh, also, sorry to be on your podcast here uh, with wet hair, but I, I just don't want you to think it's dirty, you that's, know. That's quite all right. I okay. Okay, cool. I'm, cool. I like your cap, too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just cover up my hair. Like I said earlier, I apologize if I sound a little deep. I'm battling a cold myself. But uh, so that that's kind of curious. So, I mean, like, how did you like the dominatrix thing? Because that's a little that's a little out of the box to be your first thing you get into, you know? Well, I did not start out as a dominatrix. I did not know what I was getting myself into. I just knew I didn't have to dance. Right. So I felt safe. And I went in there and I had to start out as a submissive, which means you're the one getting tied up, spanked, tickled, flogged, rope. But that way you learn that way you learn the ropes because a lot because a lot of girls are going in there and they're like, I'm ready to kick a man's ass. And you can't just, (laughs) you know, you can't just start out at a fetish house without like working your way up. And in time you learn. And also you can't take like that many beatings anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to hide them from your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you dating when you were doing this? I was actually living with a guy, but we were sort of transitioning out of the relationship and into a marriage. That was weird. Um, he was Japanese and he needed a green card. So after we broke up in our relationship, I ended up hooking him up. You know, I, I'm terrible at breaking up with someone. I always feel so guilty. So I said, look, I don't want to be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore, but I will be your wife. (laughs) It's over. And I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's over. I do. Let's go. So how long did that last? Oh, dude, it lasted like longer than anyone's legit marriage. I mean, we were just, we were so lazy and, you know, we didn't, we didn't have kids or anything to like stress us out. So we were married for like 15 years. Holy shit. Oh, okay. And we just got divorced during COVID. And I was like, well, you know, let's get divorced. And he goes, no. And he wouldn't, even though I got him a green card. He would not pay his share of the divorce to file. So I had to pay like an extra $500 to file his paperwork. Cause he's like, I don't care. I don't want a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he wanted part of this uh, desert property or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He might want a little property out there in the desert. (laughs) So that's, that's interesting though, because like, I always wonder like how people balance out relationships and, and also being in the porn business. Cause essentially, you know, it is a job, but you are, you know, having sex on camera. But so how do you keep that fresh in the, obviously if your significant other knows what you're doing, 
then it's not a, a issue of like trust or anything like that. But it's how do you, you know, keep it fresh in the bedroom with your significant other, as opposed to that being what you're doing all day. Cause sometimes I mean, like when I get off work welding, obviously this is a totally different thing, but when I get done welding, the last thing I want to do is well now yeah. sex might be a different story. How, how is that? So you can't be with anyone who has like a welding fetish, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Foot welding or, um, well, most porn girls, we date such total losers that pretty early in the relationship, we want to stop having sex with them anyway. And it's got nothing to do with, but the usual pattern is that at first when you date a guy, he's like, that's cool. That's hot. And then several months into things you're a fucking whore you know yeah. oh can we say that on here I'm yes sure we you can, can say right? whatever you want it's, it's yeah totally yeah. yeah okay so also old whore or you know in my case i oh, i got a lot of old whore and you know but then the guy's like crying and doesn't want to leave the old whore you know a lot of mixed signals yeah so i mean yeah and i've heard i've heard stories like that like i said that and and two if you get some that are okay with it they wind up actually doing it with them um, and, you know, being like maybe on screen with them at the same time. So, yeah, I've done that. I've done that, you know, with a couple of people and that can be, you know, that can be kind of cool. Um, you can also that can backfire, too, though, because then a guy can be uh, possessive about the porn, about the right. content or I made you what you are. It's like, no, you were just, you know, the penis on camera kind of thing. <laughs> I even had this one guy who wanted, well, he, he called a lawyer and he said to the lawyer, this woman exposed me to porn. You know, she involved me in her porn. And the lawyer was like, are you over 18? Then we don't have a case. (laughs) (laughs) Click. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So what was like the first kind of like, big shoot that you went on because i mean i know there's different levels what was like the the first like real one that was kind of like wow this is like nothing like i've ever thought of well okay so i started out on fetish mainly spanking Mm -hmm. so i was playing the mom usually spanking a lot of people boys and girls usually girls you know 18 and up right and i transitioned into porn like hardcore porn like sex on camera very late Like I was almost 50 Mm -hmm. and the first shoot I did, I was actually amazed how small, how low key it was and how much everyone wanted to leave. (laughs) I was the only one who was like, I'm doing a porn, you know, (laughs) the camera guy was like, let's get this done. I have to get to LAX. And as I remember, the the guy, the male talent, he had to get to LAX too. Like everyone had a plane to catch except me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just way more like one person with the camera. You know, it's not. I thought it would be like, stop, start. What's your motivation? Give me that smile. Let's try this a different way. It's just like, boom, have sex, hit about four or five positions. Let's get out of here. We have to get to LAX. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing is like a lot of your, your videos probably would have like that, that mommy title or mommy fetish or something, but didn't like Pornhub or one of the big ones recently, like get rid of a lot of those and take a lot of them down with that in the title. They just put them back up stepmom. I mean, they just retitle them, but I have actually very soon after I started porn, since I started porn at like like 48 um i was grandmothered into porn <laughs> playing a gilf a granny i'd love to fuck <laughs> and i had this agent and your agent's supposed to like keep you out of gilf you know yeah. <laughs> just for common decency and also so you have like a card to play at some point like when you start porn you can't do butt stuff right away. You have to be like holding out to get more money. But right away I showed up and there was this like tall, blonde, muscular dude. And he goes, well, I guess you're my mom today. And the director was like, actually, she's your grandma. 
<laughs> and we were both like, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's, that's hilarious. How do you, do you, as the actress, do you have any input on like the names of these movies or is that all up to the director? Because I'll tell you, the names of some of these movies are fucking hilarious. Like how they come up with them. Usually the movie's already named. Like, you know, they're like, you know, Granny Loves the BBC or something. And <laughs> and you're given, you know what really does surprise me though? Is in a lot of these porns, you're given like a script. And I'm going, okay. Like, I've had acting experience all my life, so you can give me a bunch of shit to memorize and give me 10 minutes and I've got it. But, like, a lot of people don't have that much experience with that or confidence. So I'm always surprised how much they do hand you and they're like, oh, you're great at it. You know, I'm like, well, thanks, but I feel sorry for other people who aren't, you know, they're just kind of getting by on their looks and then they have to do all this there granny porn has a lot of dialogue too because they make you explain to the dude that you're not his real grandma (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) it's a big long story about how we like found you and adopted you and (laughs) right now we had a sin sage on the show uh not too long oh yeah And she's great. And for a long time, she was strictly like girl on girl. Like that's I've that's spanked what her. She, have you? I've spanked her a lot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One of my stories about Sin Sage because she started out in fetish too, like me, yeah. and she can take a really good spanking. And I remember she has like this really amazing bubble butt. Yeah. And I remember doing the shoot where neither one of us were getting paid very well. And we were having to do so many scenes with me playing her mom and hitting her with a wooden spoon and hitting her with a belt and hitting her with a paddle. And of course, Sin's butt started getting bruised. And then the director started yelling at me like I was being too brutal. I said, we're having to do scene after scene with heavy implements for very little money. And, you know, this is what happens. Like, you guys should do the shoot differently. Like we sort of stood up for ourselves and then we just kept doing the shoot. Sin was like, I can take it. I mean, she's a really tough girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Real cool. Um, now she has recently transitioned to, well, that was actually who I was referring to earlier. Um, the, the guy she's with now, they actually do stuff on camera together. Her, uh, I'm pretty sure it's her husband. I think she said she wasn't married now. Okay. Uh, They do stuff on camera. So she's got a few videos with him, where she's acting, and she said she's toyed with the idea of doing bringing in another guy, but they got to make sure you know the timing's right, the guy's right, and and things like that. Have you ever done the DP? Um, only one time in real life and in porn. I've only done like two girls and one guy. I'd like to do two guys and one girl, but I can't really do butt stuff. Like my butt at my age just doesn't really want to have sex. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it just, it just wants to like, you know, have a good digestion and I'm really proud of it, oh. and, but I, I can't really, uh, you know, it doesn't really want to take a dick anymore. So, yeah, so um, no, I, I mean, truthfully now I'm on OnlyFans, and most of my porn is myself me, myself, and I. That's the three-way I'm having now. <laughs> like, I'm stripping, I'm talking dirty, I'm doing role plays, I'm being kinky, I'm talking to the camera. It's not like I've got a bunch of dicks on there at yeah. all. It's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll ask you the same question with the porn. Like, you know, obviously you said you were. it was more of a way to, to make some extra cash, but when you started getting deeper into it, and then decided to go to like the actual sex on camera. Was there anybody that you studied or looked at or looked at movies of or inspired to like, okay, she's kind of cool. I'll kind of model myself after her. Was there anybody that you looked at in that way? No, I don't really watch any porn, including my own. I just kind of check it. Yeah. I just kind of check it and go, okay, I still look skinny. Like I can go eat, you know, I'll go get Del Taco now because I still look skinny. But I do have like a lot of really good friends in the industry. Like Vicky Vett has been really good to me. I'm on her network and, you know, but I've, ne- I've never watched their porn. No, I remember seeing uh, 
Oh, what's the petite girl who makes a million dollars? Riley, Riley Reed. I remember seeing her at the AVNs and she was like wasted and having fun. And I go, oh, that looks like a good time, you know, but I've, I've never even watched any of her porn. I just think she's real pretty. Yeah. Um, when I was like coming up in my, I guess you'd say later teens, Jenna Jameson was like the, the huge oh, deal. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. She was yeah. the first person that I remember that kind of took it to the next level from being, you know, on screen to owning your own company to put, you yeah. know, having the people up under you. And she was real smart. I think she's battling some health issues right now. I follow her on Instagram, but yeah, probably. Plus, like, you know, a lot of partying and everything. I mean, I, I kind of, I'm in two industries where I really, could drink more if I wanted to, but I do think that maybe porn does inspire you to sort of, you know, keep in shape. And I consider that part of my job. So I can't be drinking alone in the desert as much as I would like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think comedy would probably allow that a little bit more than porn. You do. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, you do need to stay in shape doing that. I mean, it's just like anything else, like an athlete or a football player. I mean, you have to stay in shape. It helps, but you don't have to be skinny to do porn. Like I right. probably, you know, I mean, I'm in my mid fifties now. I'd say I've gained 10 pounds over the past five years since I started porn and there's not been any problems with it. But you know, then again, I'm thin. I mean, if you gain weight or you age up or whatever, you just move into a different category. Yeah. Like that's one thing I like about the content platforms like OnlyFans. It's more about your personal vibe, your interaction, like the entire entertainment package. I mean, Jenna Jameson, to her credit, you know, like you said, she pulled all that off before there were premium content platforms on the internet. You know, when a porn star used to be like this person who kind of had this private life and went to the studio, she crossed over in that time. And that's really cool. Yeah. I think probably before her, when I was young, my dad used to have this, uh, they called them like the illegal cable boxes, the descrambler uh-huh. boxes. And you had two pay-per-view channels. One was like, show you all of the like current movies that had just come out, you know, viewer's choice. I think it was called way back in the day, but yeah. then the other channel at nighttime would show you like softcore porn stuff. And there used like to be Skinamax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was a little bit more than Skinamax. Cause like I said, this was stuff you paid for. We didn't pay for it cause we had the box. But it was Marilyn Chambers. You remember her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like all that softcore stuff, like Seika, yeah. Marilyn Chambers, Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Sylvia Cristal. Yeah. yeah, I remember all that. I remember some of those movies definitely made it onto like the movie channel and yeah. Showtime and HBO in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm older than you, but I remember like growing up with some really spicy stuff if you stayed up all night oh yeah and your parents went to bed and you could find some i mean like they show so much more sex in movies from the 70s yeah art films yeah for sure and that was cool because like that was kind of i don't think my parents knew well i don't think my mom knew exactly what come on after hours on those things i never would turn it on (laughs) until later and i remember one night i left it on and I had to leave because during the day on those channels, it would show kind of the lesser, you know, movies, not like the big box office hits. And I was watching something that was on one of those channels and I left the house and left the TV on. And she's like, man, I went in there and there was something. I don't even want to say what I seen on that TV. I was like, oh, I didn't know they had that stuff on there, mom. You're like, huh, what? <laughs> nice. So, and I seen on your bio and I was looking at, you're into horror movies. I'm in a lot of horror movies. I used to like horror movies a lot when I was growing up, and I've ended up being in a lot of them, although I don't really watch them personally that much anymore. But yeah, I'm in a lot of like low-budget horror movies, and usually now I'll do it if they give me a really weird part, like an <laughs> incestuous clown mom or something, or, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll show up. Because a lot of them, like, they don't pay, but yeah. you can sort of work it out that it fits your schedule. and. I'm sure now I've moved to the desert. There's going to be like a lot of horror uh, directors who want to shoot at my place. And yeah, I do have like a a little rep as like a scream queen or yeah, (laughs) big weirdo. That's got to be something that's like, 
goes hand in hand with this industry because even Sin herself and other people that I've talked with are like all big horror movie fans. I don't know if that's just something that kind of goes along with the genre or what. Yeah, you know, Sin, she started out in fetish. It's like a lot of people who, you know, goth, kink, fetish, horror movies. There's just a lot of crossover in that type of entertainment. And that's also just a really fun lifestyle. And oh, yeah. it's always been, you know, kind of like outlier and everything. And yeah, there's a lot of like when you would go to the dungeon, there'd be, you know, some just like amazing goth girls and bar sinister big club in Hollywood where you'd go and dance. And yeah. I remember like, you know, I came up in the 80s and I was like partying underage in Florida and the industrial vibe was like just kicking in. And, you know, you're like, oh, those people are intense. Like they're on the dance floor with their faces made up like the cure. And yeah, it's always it's always worked out, you know, always gotten along with them. It's it's cool to be in horror movies. Yeah, I'm a big horror movie fan. I'm a, I'm looking forward to the new Halloween that's coming out. Well, actually, this week in a couple of days, as a matter of fact, it's coming out. I'm a big Halloween fan. Oh, nice. So I was supposed to play like Jamie Lee Curtis as, you know, the grandma, um, Lori Splode. <laughs> and she was, this movie was, it was like, <laughs> dude, I was just thinking of this today because I was thinking about, you know, that Halloween oh. is coming and, and oh. I just rescued this pit bull. We found him wandering in the desert and we, we named him Boo. And uh, I was just in Walmart buying shit. And I'm like, oh, Halloween's coming. Hey, why didn't I ever do that movie where I was going to play Lori Splode, you know, <laughs> like standing in the line at Walmart, <laughs> picking up my chlamydia meds. <laughs> I'm sorry, TMI, but that's what podcasts are. Podcasts are TMI, right? That's exactly what they are. Wow. Lori Splode. Expl <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. <laughs> i don't know why that movie like it was supposed to be made like three halloweens in a row the director would hit me up and go you still down you know and then he'd send me like costume ideas yeah i'm down and it just like never happened <laughs> i'm assuming at that point you have to be fucking like michael myers or somebody I mean, yeah i was yeah. gonna get to fuck michael myers I mean, why would you not want to go ahead and do that? I mean, that's that's a piece of landmark. Taboo, in the history. Yeah. taboo shit. You get the brother and sister thing. You get the uh, you know yes, horror parody, and you get the granny thing. It's everything's there. Wow. <laughs> um, you ever heard of that uh that haunted house um where it's like it's like real extreme? It's called McCamey Manor, and I want to say it started out in San Diego, and I think now it's in Tennessee. I done an episode with a guy that runs it. And his name's Russ McCamey. It's like where it's it's borderline torture. Like they can fucking touch you and put you in rooms with cockroaches and snakes and all kinds of crazy shit. You ever heard of that? Um, I've been through some haunted houses and I always get targeted because I just look like like such a screamy Karen, you know? Yeah. Uh no, I haven't heard of that, but I've definitely been in some like uh there's some in florida like in tampa and daytona beach i went to like this really freaky one run by bikers but i i love those things i love those things but that one sounds like i might just freak the fuck out yeah and go crazy well it's like you have to sign a waiver and all types of shit to be on there it's like you you know going into it like you're not gonna make it through it's not really i don't even know if i consider it a haunted house it's damn near like a a torture chamber, so to speak, but people willingly do it. Like they go through a bunch of stuff to do it. It's not like, yeah, surprises you. they might go through a bunch of, you know, drugs and, and, you know, uh, wine coolers or something yeah, to do it too. I, would I think to. right now I'm too obsessed with, uh, the war in Ukraine to be like indulging in anything that's really intense like that. Like I've really followed that from the start. And I think for Halloween this year, I'm going to be really chill. Like I am going to sit out front in the desert and give, well, I hate to give candy to kids. So I'll, I'll probably be kind of cheap. Maybe I'll be that lady who gives out apples. But then if some kid gets a razor blade, I don't want to, I don't want to get blamed. You know, I'll just try to find some low key candy, but I, I do want to keep it chill this year. Like nothing, nothing too scary, you know? Yeah. What's what's the uh, coolest Halloween outfit you ever wore? Okay, well, I don't know where to begin because I always won contests. And unlike most of the kids in any given neighborhood, I was pretty original. 
that's another thing. It's like, oh, uh, you're a princess. Oh, you're Batman. Like, congratulations, you're basic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should just be like, great costume, you're basic. So when I was 10 years old, I was Sandy from Greece. Rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. My mom let me put together like a black leotard, black tight pants and red high heels. And I had a fake candy cigarette, you know, and I was like, tell me about it, stud. And I won first prize. (laughs) And next year I was Gene Simmons from Kiss. I've also been the Statue of Liberty. I was Tanya Harding. I was Elizabeth Warren. I also played her in porn. I've had a lot of really cool, you know, who was I going to be this year? Well, it's like there's this really creepy uh, DJ. Uh, he was a DJ in, in England. His name was Jimmy Savile. And he turned out to be like this big, creepy pedophile. But I don't think enough people in America like know who he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> now, you've actually Google. got a stand up on Amazon Prime right now, right? Sleazy Does yeah. It? Yeah. Sleazy Does It. If you go to sleazydoesit.com, it'll take you to my Amazon special. Yeah. That was really cool. I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. So, how did that come about for you? Just out of Well, I did that in 2020 before wow. lockdown. It was filmed the end of January 2020, and I got it up by the middle of 2020. So everyone was home looking for shit to watch. And that's one of the reasons it did so well, obviously. The fact that I was able to turn it around and get it on Amazon, and they were like, yes, give us programming. Everyone's watching. Yeah. So that just made me feel like even though we were quarantined, I was doing stuff every day. So many yeah. people were watching it, and it really helped me like emotionally you know and i got into zoom comedy a lot and i brought my podcast back and i started rescuing a lot of animals again like 2020 was a pretty good year for me but i also you know i get really into the news i'm very empathetic i was you know doing my best to to help people and animals that's for sure especially animals yeah that's good that's cool now you also work with david spade on what lights out Mm-hmm. um that was cool like David Spade was filming at the show I host at the comedy store. So he needed me to introduce those people who had not done comedy before. And they were doing it in his show, like Chuck Liddell. And uh, the there was this girl. Oh, man, she was a model. She did like the Carl's Jr. commercial. I forget her name, but she they were all really good. And then the dude who shot Bin Laden. Yeah. The seal. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. And you know what's really cool is those guys, before they go on stage in a stand up show, they're coming out of their skin. Yeah. And they were very polite and there was nothing diva in their attitudes at all. But like, you know, like a big wrestler, he's, well, he's not a big, that big of a dude, but he's like ripped, you know, and he's, he's like really. Okay, like intense before he goes on stage. And then they were, everyone was really funny. And that show was great. And David Spade was so nice. Yeah, he's he's yeah. hilarious, man. He's one of my favorites. Like, he's you know, great. You, you go back with like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep or just some of like the all time classics that I would just throw on. It's real funny. He's really good. I mean, I really dug him on uh, Just Shoot Me as well. I mean, he's yeah. really just talented. And the uh, obviously the uh, Joe Dirt films got some classic liners in there. My my son, for whatever reason, when he found Joe Dirt, like he would rewatch that movie like once a week. I would come in from work and he'd be like be watching Joe Dirt like for whatever. That's I don't good. Know that's yeah. that's good to see. I would love to have kids who like that movie. You know, that's yeah. cool. And he he called me a liar because he said I was like, "There's a part two and he's like, "No, you're not." You're like, I'm like, "It's a part two. I've seen it." And then he finally watched part two. He's like, "I like part one better." exactly uh i had an ex who turned me on to major league and i'm like this is the The most hilarious brilliant movie and all those guys berenger bernson um charlie sheen Mm. like and then when by the time they got major league two together like everyone was like washed up and wasted and it wasn't funny at all and major league one is brilliant oh major league brilliant movie awesome too i remember like i said not being as good wow i think they had a three two that was like minor leagues or something that had oh seriously yeah by that point i probably shut it out yeah but but no major league is a classic that's one of them ones that i wish they would not necessarily maybe with the same people obviously because all those guys are much older but 
bring it. Everything seems to be getting revamped now by bringing back the yeah. new characters, still having the roles, such like Halloween, as we're talking about. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis is back, obviously not playing. Well, in a sense, she kind of is still playing the same role because Michael's still chasing her, but it's mixing in a new cast of characters. Yeah, and you know, um, those guys, it would be great to have them making cameos like Behringer. Wait, didn't he pass? Did Behringer just pass away? No, I don't think so. Did he? No, like from alcohol or something. I mean, he's like Behringer? pretty hot back in the day, but then he just got like like too drunky kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, you better Google that. I'm not sure because I know my mom had a big crush on him, but you know, you could bring back those dudes in cameos and remake Major League because it's hilarious. Yeah. No, he's not dead. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. I was about well, to say, I like, career I'm a, I'm a big bear. Bring <laughs> yeah. <up>. Yeah, his <laughs> career might... <laughs> He might be doing a horror movie with me pretty soon. <laughs> Come to the desert. <laughs> porn. Oh, Grandpa geez. porn. Yeah. Gra oh, boy. Okay. I'm trying not to cough because if I cough, I'll keep going. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, you better put a COVID swab up your nose. <laughs> no, I remember him from obviously from Major League, and he had that one movie, The uh, the Substitute, where he played like that badass oh, teacher. Oh, my God. Yeah, I turned... My one of my ex boyfriends, the same one who turned me on a major league. I said, "Oh, you like Behringer?" I go, "You need to watch the Substitute because that is some over the top vigilante shit." You yeah. know that movie's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, what are you? What is your plans right now? Like, what are you looking forward to doing? Do you have anything else in the works in lieu of comedy or adult films? What's kind of on the horizon for you? Well, oh my gosh, so much. So basically, I moved in July. I moved out of a home I've been running in LA for 12 years. I moved my 11 pets and myself to the first home I've ever owned in the Mojave Desert. So I am getting the lay of the land. I'm really working on all my content and I'm regrouping because when I lived in LA, it seemed like every night I was going out doing shows I really didn't have time to spend time with my animals or to make money as an influencer, right? Uh, to develop as an OnlyFans creator, you know. And so it's been very good for me financially, and I'm I'm I like it here. I think I'm gonna really do well here. And the funny thing is, I'm getting more culture here in the freaking desert because there's more parking. So you can like go to the library, <laughs> you know, you can see stuff. Every day in LA, I was just like, when's showtime? Yeah. You know, when do I get to perform my 10 minutes for free and then go home and try to make my $1,500 rent? <laughs> Well, that's the thing about the the OnlyFans is like it, if you're able to you know devote a lot of time to it, that's the key is is to keep having that content coming out, you know, fresh content. Much like you know people, you know, in other avenues too would be it songs or whatever. You have to keep pumping out the content to keep people yeah. engaged. Otherwise, if you go weeks and and months and don't put anything up, then people are not going to subscribe. So therefore, you lose revenue. Yeah, you can't be lazy about it. It's a gig. It's a job just like anything else. So, yeah, you have to be visible. And not everything has to be great. And not right. everything has to take that much time and be polished. Because if people want to see polished porn, just go to Pornhub. Yeah. All the major studios are promoting their stuff on there. Go to X Hamster, you yeah. know. Go to uh, X videos. It's all on there. But if they want to see like the real you just, uh, you know, flashing your boobs, giggling, talking shit, go to your OnlyFans. X hamster was one of the ones I used to use back in the day. A lot, not a lot of people knew what that was. I used to say that and they was like, what kind of animal porn shit is that? I'm like, no, dude, it's real porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And that was sort of funny because I've been trying to get sponsorship for my podcast but I, the the main things I talk about are my porn and pets, and everyone's like ex hamster. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that would be right. You cut it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's that over your your shoulder there? What what? what oh, that? that's my podcast, Hello Cougar Podcast. Comedy cats creeping. I talk about like what I'm watching on TV. I talk about my comedy gigs at the comedy store. I talk about things that happen to me in porn and also animal rescue. You know, and okay. I talk about things in the news too it's like i have a guest the guest is either a porn person or a comedian for the most part right okay mm -hmm. cool 
Well, we'll put a link to that in our show notes. What all platforms are you on? Everything. Everything. Yeah, that would be great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll a... have to cross promote. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Are you on like uh, what social media is you on? So if any of our listeners want to track you down and, and follow you. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, Sally Mullins 818 on Instagram. Sally Mullins 1 on Twitter. And Ms. Jamie Foster on OnlyFans and Twitter for porn. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch what what links I put up for that because I put up one for one and I got a damn strike because it it took me to, uh, I guess it, it linked you to like a a nudity website or something like that. So I I can do Instagrams and stuff like that. So as long as you have like a LinkedIn profile or something hooked to your Instagram, then they can follow you from there. But I messed around and done it one time on a YouTube video and I got a strike. So I yeah, you can't. And you have to be very careful with Instagram too. And even on my porn Twitter, I play it safe. I don't put nudity yeah. because... I just want to use everything for marketing and you want the nudity, go pay for it. And know? it's crazy because like, I see people like Britney Spears right now is, is going, I, I don't know whether you consider her living her best life or just free or whatever she's doing, but like she's posting pictures constantly of pretty much totally new with just like these little tiny little stickers covering just everything you're not supposed to see. And those gets fine. Those gets millions of views. But then I know people to get stuff taken down for nowhere near that amount of nudity. So it's, yeah, it's weird. It really sucks. And some porn stars, they get lawyers who get their accounts reinstated because that's a big part of their hustle. And yeah. there's no I mean, there's no definition for obscenity. There really aren't any guidelines. And it's weird that. Yeah, I guess like major celebrities like above the censorship or something. And as far as Anyone who does that, you know, like, I think it's cool. But my friends and I used to joke, we'd say, JD, JDP, just do porn, you know, yeah. like, if you, like, obviously, there's part of you that that really wants to. So just do porn. But I do think as well, that you can definitely monetize that sort of in between space. Yeah. Like if Britney were to have something like an OnlyFans, oh, where yeah. she's doing all that kind of stuff, you know, and maybe she's in lingerie, and maybe the lingerie sheer or something. I mean, that would be through the roof for her. Oh, yeah, she'd make a kill. She'd probably make more on that than she does. Her, well, I don't even know if she's really still singing anymore. But I'm, I know that would probably blow off the the rails because a lot of celebrities are coming out with i think carmen electra not too long ago come out and made one um it's becoming more and more normal which i think is great yeah it is well last year was really crazy because a year ago pretty much exactly a year ago dude like maybe to last week only fans said we're gonna kick porn off yeah and it was gonna kind of be like that it was gonna be like artsy nudes and stuff and a lot of people were just, you know, freaked out, livid. They went to other platforms. I sort of wrote it out because I said, well, I'll adjust my content because most of my content is just me. And then OnlyFans said, oh, we hear you. We, you know, we see you. We hear you. Porn can stay. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like, why would you want to screw up what really kind of catapulted you, you know, to this? And and by and large, we talked earlier about COVID and that's kind of only fans I know was around before COVID, but it kind of really, you know, shot to the stardom during that because yeah. that shut down all of your strip clubs and, and things like that. So people that, I mean, porn is a huge business and I know it, I'm, I'm glad that it's not looked at as much as taboo. It still is in some areas, but it's a huge business. People literally make their livings that way. And, you know, I think that was something that was looked over, you know, regardless of why people were doing it for whatever the reason, it was their job. It was their livelihood. And when COVID happened, that put a damper on it for sure. So it gave them another avenue. And I think, too, it helped the creativity side. You know, like we spoke earlier, you have to keep coming up with fresh ideas and, and fresh content. So I think it was it was a blessing and a curse, I think, for some people because you have to be able to adapt. And that's in anything, be it sex industry or, or whatever, you know everything you have to adapt because there's always something new that's, that's going to come along. Yeah. I mean, just since I got into porn, like, and I knew people who used to make so much money in like fetish or porn, like especially fetish too, before the internet. Yeah. And they would advertise like in the back of New Yorker magazine, like, do you have this secret side? Are you fetishizing, you know, blah, blah. And, and they would sell like VHS tapes in the mail and they made a lot of money doing that. And then the Internet came along and maybe killed them. I mean, mm -hmm. there's all these yeah. adjustments you've got to make. 
Well, Sally, I've had a great time having you on the show. Again, we're going to put all of your social media links up on the bottom of our website. We'll put your podcast as well so people can go follow you on there. I've had a really great time having you on. Thank you for having me. It was really fun to talk to you. Uh, hit me up if you want any tickets to the comedy store when you come into town. Absolutely. And then if you have time ever, please do my podcast. I'd love to have you as a guest. It's Zoom. It's Zoom. It's absolutely. really easy. Well, yeah, that's Yay. what I do. So I'm very familiar with Zoom. But uh, yeah, absolutely. No problem at all, for sure. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and send you a uh, follow request on Instagram as soon as we get done with this. Great. I will follow you right back. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Hollywood Wade. That was Sally Mullins. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Tune in next week for an all new episode of Crime and Entertainment. Sally, we appreciate you. Thanks. Well, boy, oh boy, what an episode that was. As you can tell, Sally is extremely funny. Uh, definitely go check out some of her stand up and also her podcast. Really, really great stuff over there. We'll put a link to her podcast in the show notes if anybody wants to go follow that also to her instagram we got in a bit of trouble putting some direct links uh in the show notes on our youtubes to might take you to some sites that you may or may not see some skin so to speak so we got a strike on that so we have to be careful so we can direct you to instagram and then we're going to leave it up to the viewers that if you want to get to that other content, you can probably make your way and find your way to it. We just can't put it all out there like we did on the YouTubes because we got a little slap on the wrist. So we got to keep things in line over there. So I hope everyone enjoyed Sally Mullins. I hope everyone is enjoying the show. We're trying to put out a lot of content for you guys, a lot of great guests, something for everybody here. We hope that we have something that will fit everyone's demographic. Not everybody's in to the mob. Not everybody's into the crime not everybody is into the adult film stars, but we hope enough people are. That way, everybody gets something they like here. You know, we try to keep it very broad on crime and entertainment. Coming up, we've got actor David Sheridan, who's been in a lot of great horror movies. Uh, obviously, real well known for playing Doofy in the scary movie franchise. The first one, uh, other than that, been in a ton of stuff. Devil's Rejects. Got a horror project coming out that if you want to, you can actually be in and be a part of. And that'll be a great thing to do. We got an Indiegogo set up for that. So if you're looking at maybe trying to contribute or be a producer or even actually be in a scene, possibly even get killed, we're going to have all the information for you to do that. So be on the lookout for that. Again, please go follow Sally on all the social medias. And as far as us folks, share us on the social medias. That's what helps drive us up the charts. Share our stuff on Instagram, share it on Facebook, share it on TikTok, drive us up the charts, like, review, comment, all that good stuff that drives us up there. That's what you can do to help us out. We're not going to ask for money. We're not going to extort you. We're not going to send some of our former guests to knock on your door and ask for a donation and an envelope, folks. That's not what we do here. We just want you to, out of the goodness of your heart, if you're enjoying this show, Share it, recommend it to a friend. That's the easiest way to help build up the platform. And with that, it will do it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everyone enjoyed Sally Mullins. I am Hollywood Wade, and unfortunately, we're out of time. So tune in next week for an all-new episode of Crime and Entertainment.